0: Okay, so we're we're gonna continue on from last week, um, and you're gonna we're gonna just flow with it today. Are we good with that? We like doing that, and you're gonna hear a bit from me, a bit from Tim, a bit from Megan, and we're just really gonna see where the Holy Spirit lands us at the end of that. Um, but you know the the funny thing is, as a as a leader in a church, it's like suddenly the year feels really short. It's like, well, we've only got 52 Sundays a year and we want to cover so much and there's just not enough weeks to cover everything. And, and you know, we, we spent a lot of time, we've spent a lot of time last year talking about the heart journey. And we talk about community and how we can build family. And we've been talking about the ecclesia. And um, we also need to give time to the things in the spirit realm because we're sons and daughters filled with the spirit And so we need to pay attention to what's going on in the spirit realm. And um, sometimes, I guess, when some environments have done that and they're they're focusing on things happening in the spirit, the focus always tends to drill down to spiritual warfare. And it starts to get sort of a bit negative sometimes and a bit focusing on where the enemy is all the time. And we don't want to do that at the same time. We need to be aware as sons and daughters what's going on around us. And, you know, for me, I wouldn't say that everything is spiritual warfare. However, I would say probably in Australia, we potentially don't attribute enough stuff to the spiritual realm. There are other countries that are probably their culture is like, everything is, you know, a spiritual attack. And for us, I mean, for, you know, for us, when our house flooded, we're just like, oh, well, this was, you know, annoying and, a bummer and all those sorts of things. And then, you know, as we started to look at the things going on around us, we actually went, we actually do believe that this was partly an attack. Now, it's up to us how we position ourselves in that and our response to that. We don't need to be pulled down. Oh, now I'm under attack. It's like, well, greater is he that's in me than it's in the world. So it's not a problem, but I need to be aware of it. And I need to see what God's doing in this and what his answer is and how he wants to partner with us through this so we can navigate our way through something. So in talking about the Ecclesia, you're going to strap yourself in, seatbelts in. We're ready to go. All right. In talking about the Ecclesia, we, um, you know, we see in Matthew 16, 19, and we've been quoting this verse, I think, every week. It's one of my favorite verses, actually. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Pretty good, hey? So part of being the ecclesia is the binding and loosing and and Steve brilliantly over the last two weeks has talked about the role of the ecclesia in stepping outside the four walls of the church and being a a people group that really impact our community. And he actually spoke last week so brilliantly about um, binding oppression, binding suffering, like in the natural realm, and actually just loosing the love of God on people in really practical ways. And... You know, it's really important that we know that we've been given the authority to bind and loose in the natural and to bind and loose in the heavenly realm. And, you know, it was actually, I spoke about this a few weeks ago, so I won't cover it all again, because it's probably, I think my favorite thing to talk about for a really, really long time, is that we've been given the authority by God to govern the earth realm. Like that's a huge thing that we've been given. And by the laws that he set up, he will invade the earth realm in partnership with us. As we allow that, as we partner with him, he will invade. If we do not partner with him by his laws that he set in place, he's not able to invade the earth realm. Okay, so actually understanding our authority is a big deal because we have to step into that in order to see the atmosphere of this earth become the atmosphere of heaven. That's actually our role. And then when we do that corporately, when we do that together, the power of corporate prayer is far-reaching and has greater um, impact than I think we probably understand. So what we want to do today is we want to um, highlight some dynamics that are happening in the spiritual realm in this area so that we can see what is God doing, what's happening, and what is our role as the ecclesia in the binding and loosing in the heavenly realms. Are you with me? Is your seatbelt still strapped in? Are we good? Does anyone? No, we don't need to stop for a break yet. Sorry, I'm just thinking of my kids. We just did a 12-hour trip in the car a few weeks ago, and memories were flashing back, but let me get in. Now, we also need to be aware that over nations and cities and regions, there are spiritual powers at work. Now, those spiritual powers are there because they've been given a legal right to be there. They've usually been given a legal right to be there because of the leaders around that land, also because of the indigenous people in the land. I'm going to read you a couple of quotes, because they just say it really well, um, by Jennifer Evaz, and um, some of it's from her book, Seeing the Supernatural. Some of it's, one of it's going to be from her book, Gloria Carriers. Um, But she just says here, these spiritual beings, so when we're talking about um, regional spirits, okay, these spiritual beings are not Satan himself. They are not just spirits that possess people on an individual level. They actually work in the spiritual atmosphere of a region or nation to blind every person under their influence. And a city will take on the personality of a demonic power that controls it until the church as the Ecclesia overcomes it. I added the bit of the Ecclesia in that quote, just to just to be authentic. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about here? Let's go to Ephesians 6.12 and let's read this, this verse because it actually explains it pretty well. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. So we've got rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the the heavenly realms. I'm going to very quickly unpack these. If you need more information, if you need to investigate the Greek that is behind this, then please see my husband after the service. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First of all, we have against the rulers. Now, the rulers are most identifiable as the high-ranking spirits, and they are like the principalities over cities and regions. And how do we have example of this in the Bible? We have in Daniel 10, we have it mentioned that there's the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece. And then also in Acts 19, we know that in Ephesus, there was the goddess of Artemis, so otherwise known as Diana, and there was a huge temple built to the goddess of Artemis in, in Ephesus. And, Ephes- we, you know, we read Ephesians, but actually Ephesus became known, took on the characteristics of this goddess of Artemis. And so it became a really big you know, principality over the area. So there's some examples of principalities. Then we have against the authorities. Now, the authorities are spirits that stand behind human authorities and they oppose the work of God. An extreme example of that would be Hitler. Another extreme example of that would be Saddam Hussein. They're not the only two that have existed in the world. Um, And there are also other leaders that oppose the work of God, probably in a more subtle way, like Hitler and, you know, Saddam were pretty extreme. Um, But these authorities stand behind them, which empower their agenda to really impact the world. Third one is the powers of darkness. So the powers of darkness work culturally and philosophically to bind people's groups from seeing God. So an example of this would be false religions such as Hinduism or Islam. They are a power of darkness at work. Then we have philosophically, we have like humanism, which actually blinds people to the reality of God. We have some other isms like communism, okay, and they are clearly not from God, but they actually come over a whole people group and they affect a whole people group. So that's number three. Then we have number four, the spiritual forces of evil. Now the spiritual forces of evil would be considered like the lower lower ranking demons that affect us on a daily basis. So fear, anxiety, complacency, um, rebellion, deception, all that kind of stuff would be considered the spiritual forces of evil and they can really affect us on a daily level. They can also affect countries. I mean, we, um, we were just at a conference um, last weekend and we had two American speakers come in and they didn't just flash in and flash out. One of them has been here 97 times, so they've invested into our country. And he said, one of the things I've observed the most about Australia is you're all pretty much this whole, she'll be right, mate. He's like, it really actually flows into the church and just the complacency in the church. And I thought that was interesting to hear about that afresh from someone, you know, who's not always in our country. Okay, so we, so regional spirits, principalities. We would not rest at ease. We would not try and take down a regional spirit on our own as a church. If we do that, firstly, we open ourselves up to attack and secondly, um, it probably just won't work because the laws in the Spirit that have been created is we need the agree- We would need the agreement of the church at large in this region. So if we are sensing a demonic stronghold over a region and all the church was in, in agreement about that, we then have the authority as the church in the region to say Go. A great example of this is um, Phil and Maria up at um, Tribe at Byron Bay. Um, They haven't quite gone for regional spirits yet. Like it's a big deal to get a whole lot of churches to agree about that um, just because of where people stand on that sort of thing. But basically, um, I mean, when they started their church 20 years ago, the like occult and just cults up around the Byron area were was epic. And so they actually started meeting with the um, pastors in the area and they all agreed together that the cults must go. And so um, because of their agreement, Phil went up to, I think it was the plaque at the beginning of a driveway of one of the cults. Uh, it oh, it was a shop front. A shop front of a place set up in, street. A, a, set up in a street and he basically put, he, put his hands on it and he said, in Jesus' name, you're done. And within one week, they were all gone. So like that's what happens when there's corporate agreement. And, you know, we absolutely will be praying for that. Um, there are, when we talk about regional spirits, there are lots of spirits that play into one another. What we really need, if you could all just mark it in your diary, if we could just pop off for a week together somewhere and just unpack that, that'd be really great because we probably need about that long. to to really understand the dynamics of how things play into each other and what happens there. But what we can do is we are, we're just feeling the highlight on one particular area and we're just gonna trust the Holy Spirit with that and just trust him to do what he needs to do here. And so something that, um, you know, we've really seen it play around here and it's around a lot of Australia is the Python spirit. And um, Tim will unpack very briefly for you um, the example of the python spirit in the Bible. It's in Acts. Um, but um, it's, it's actually linked to the Dreamtime stories of the Aboriginals. And they have the Wagyal serpent who, um, in their, in their myth, mythology or myth, mythology, They uh, just said the serpent's role around the land of Australia was to protect the land from the sea. So that was the myth of the serpent. However, when we... um, I'll give you a quote from Jennifer Evaz if you really need to read on this more. I won't for the sake of time. Um, Basically, that when we're dealing with myths, to not just write them off as myths. quite often there's something more at play here um so before we moved into this building we were still in the region we're at annan grove road and you know we actually made some really good headway in there in worship and and two of the things where i feel like a python spirit really comes against a corporate church environment is one in the area of worship because if if the exuberance and the Um, corporate worship of a body can be sort of shut down and stifled, then that's actually blocking part of the purpose of the church on earth. Okay. And the other area I feel like is... um is also in community. And often if, you know, if the enemy and especially regional stuff can affect people where they constantly feel isolated, so they come to a church for a while and then I'm like, oh, this isn't working and no one's talking to me and I feel really isolated. So then I go to the next church and then, oh, but I feel really isolated here too. So that can happen a lot too. So we just need to be aware of some stuff that can affect us personally, but also can affect things on a region level. And we we took some good ground um, in our past and then when we moved here we really did feel some contention in the air when we moved here and if you actually look around um like even the drain pipes around here actually have engraved in the drain pipes a snake and it's actually just the eastern brown that they've like put into the drain pipe to indicate that we have a place with brown snakes but if you look at all the pictures together so we have that we have around here somewhere on the walls there's some you know there are some actual around the escalators there are pictures of um of serpents and um so when we first moved in here um, we had a few people had dreams about snakes and then i remember early on i was praying before church And as I could see the foundations down in the ground, and I actually saw these snakes wrapped around the poles of the foundations of this building. So I'm having my little chat to God while we're in the room together. I'm like, okay, God, we're really going to need to pray into this, aren't we? And he's like, yep. I'm like, okay, we're going to need to come here every day, aren't we? And he's like, yep. So um, a few of us came here, I think, every day for three months, and we just saturated the place in prayer. And, and, you know, we have seen some good breakthrough in there. But what we can... um, what we can notice is that when we're still under the influence of some regional stuff, it can just really ebb and flow and, and just really come in. So we actually wanted to mention it because that's not our destiny, right? That's not, that's not what we're called to do and be and, and live in. So we want the intensity of the contention to go and to bring that up on a corporate level and just to see what God wants to do here is fine. Um, now, here's, here's something we need to understand. Regional spirits can only affect us when they have a soft landing place, okay? So, um, so regional spirits will always land in the area of the wounding that we carry in our hearts, And that is one of the many, many reasons that we always talk about the heart journey. Because if we um, we um, were doing stuff in prayer at this conference um, a week it feels like a long time ago but it was only a week ago, and you know in praying off some regional stuff we we actually spent some time with people individually because there's things that are always happening in our own world that give ground for this stuff to happen, and so it's not like we can just tick a box tonight and that's all done. You know we're actually about to head into our Journey of the Heart conference, and then we've got um, most of our people I think are doing Elijah House Module One which will be brilliant, but. We we're going to head into this time where some things are going to be coming up for people and that's a really good thing because what we're doing is we're dealing with the wounds in our hearts or we're dealing with the roots that are causing fruit in our world that's not um, not abundant and life-giving. Why is this important? Because greater is he that's in me, that's in the world. And Satan cannot possess us. A demon cannot possess you. You're in Christ. But they can attach stuff and we um, and basically once you live in an environment like these this thing just can operate in our life without us realizing it I feel like that's the most important thing to understand this thing can operate in our life without us realizing it because it's just normal and it's just familiar it's familiar and so what we want to do is we want to peel back familiarity so we can see things for what they are I'm going to give you some quick characteristics of what it would be like to be affected by this. And look, if we feel something, we're going to pray afterwards and we can just break our agreements with some stuff and just see a bit more freedom in that area. Um, Because ultimately, he's already paid for it all on the cross. And this is part of our process of walking out, getting what he has already paid for. And we are supposed to experience so much joy and so much life, and have so much to give to our cities and our nations as the church and the ecclesia. So, here are some um, here are some characteristics. Feeling the so it can actually affect you physically. So, if you have asthma, or if you find yourself tight in breathing, it can do that. It also physically can affect your vision. If you have any um, if you have any sort of weirdness in your vision going on, then it could be associated with that. I'm actually not going to say it is. It could be something else. But what we want to do is we want to uncover it if it is. Um, It actually constricts you. So it constricts your heart over your chest. It It constricts your mind, your vision. So your spiritual vision of things that you have. If you have ever had a vision for something and because of whatever has happened, you've gone, oh, maybe I better pull that back a bit. Maybe we better make that a bit smaller because that's, that's sounding a bit big. If we're doing any of that, then I wanna suggest it's possible that stuff in the region can be playing into that. Small thinking. I think this is probably, you know, these are the most common things is around the area of our thinking and our emotions is small thinking can really creep in. So like if you are struggling with only what's on your plate for every day, if you are constantly overwhelmed by just what's on your plate, then even if it's not this regional thing, then obviously we need to pray through that anyway because that's not you experiencing full abundance and joy. But we just wanna, um, that is definitely a characteristic of this particular thing. It shuts down your prayer life. It takes away your prophetic vision, your prophetic voice, your vision for the things of the kingdom, and your prayer life. Because a python, by, you know, pythons constrict, they suck the life out of. If you're constantly feeling exhausted, then it is possible that this is playing into stuff. The last thing I'm gonna say, because I've spoken for too long, <laughs> is um. Is that this is so? It's so good to be able to talk about this stuff as a community, because we need to be able to walk these things out in community. So we need the discernment of each other, the care and love of each other to go. Okay, let's pray into that for you. All right, I'm sensing that this is this, or you know, that, like there are wounds in the heart. There's stuff in the region. There's all these things that are playing. We cannot do this on our own. So we have to do it in community, and. It's, it's just a destiny-stealing principality. And if you feel like your destiny has been stolen, then I actually want to suggest that a python spirit has been at play in your world potentially without you knowing it. And if there are dreams that you've put away because they seem too hard or too far out of reach, then I want you to ask God whether it's time to bring them back. Tim. Tim.
1: Let's go to Acts chapter 16, because I just want to show you biblically where this thing, where we see this thing in Scripture, because this is not just, you know, kooky stuff we've made up. We can make up some kooky stuff, but this this is not one of them. So this is in the city of Philippi, and this will be a familiar story to many of us. Paul and Silas are in the city of Philippi. In the city of Philippi, they meet a woman called Lydia, who is, uh, this is in verse 14. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. Now, we would usually just kind of go over that and think, oh, yeah, she was a dealer in purple cloth, whoopee doo da. One of the things you need to know is that that woman would have been very, very wealthy, because the purple dye required to make the cloth purple was something only the very, very wealthy could afford. So they come across a woman who is a very, very wealthy businesswoman and, dare I say, was probably quite prominent in the city. She encounters Christ through the ministry of Paul and Silas, and why I'm saying that will become apparent very, very shortly. After that, verse 16... We were going to the place of prayer. We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Now, if you look like that, you look at that in the NIV, you think, whoopee doo. The words in the Greek there are pneuma python. In other words, she was possessed by a spirit of python. Now, to go back and understand what that meant to them. Actually, let me just read it to you. Brian Simmons writes this brilliantly in one of his footnotes in The Passion. Not, yeah, The Passion. Running out of hands. So he says this. In the religious context of Greek mythology, she was an oracle. In, if you heard of the oracle of Delphi in Greek mythology? This is, that's the deal right there. Um, a medium who had the spirit of the God speaking through her to foretell the future. The python spirit was the epithet or the label of Apollo, known as the Greek god of prophecy. An individual who became the oracle of Apollo, was usually a young girl, was known as the python. So this is what they encountered. This is the person they encountered. And this wasn't just a girl with issues. (laughs) Okay? This wasn't that. This was a territorial stronghold, and she was a key focal point through whom this particular territorial entity was operating. And it was called a python spirit. That's what they called it. And as Deb said, the the nature of a python is to wrap around and constrict, and it happens slowly to the point where you don't know. Now, if you any of you are familiar with the concept of a Jezebel spirit, Jezebel spirits are very witchcrafty, and they tend to attack quite suddenly. They're quite violent, and they just bang. The python isn't like that. It just, bit by bit, the way a python kills its prey, it's a constrictor. It just wraps around, and then as you breathe out, it just tightens a little bit more. You breathe in. And then as soon as you breathe out and relax, it just tightens that little bit more. It's just bit by bit by bit. And slowly, it chokes the life out of you. That's the way a python operates. So Paul and Silas get really irritated by this. So she followed, um, she had a spirit by which, she had a python spirit. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. That's important because there's an economic thing going on around this whole spirit, which is why one of the reasons I mentioned Lydia and the economy there. They come across, they would have got a significant economic breakthrough through Lydia coming into the kingdom. Then they're encountered by this spirit. And this girl was a key economic focal point in the city because her owners made a whole lot of money because she was, you know, our equivalent is the local psychic, but a little bit more with a little bit more reverence than that. Um, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now you'd think that would be good press, right? Someone following around, these are servants of the most high God telling you the way to be saved. You think, yeah, that's pretty good press. I'll, I'll live with that. But Paul in particular is absolutely provoked in spirit because he's sensing the origin of the words, not just the words themselves. And so he says, um, finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, here's the economic thing again, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. Long story short, they get chucked in jail. They get, you know, all the varying bits that happen to them. And then we come to the story that we are really, really familiar with, which is when Paul and Silas are in prison, and they start praising. They start lifting up songs to God, and the chains break. The jailer's like, oh, no, I'm dead. And he's like, no, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And it leads to mass salvation. Let's follow this. Economic focal point of city comes into the kingdom. Slave girl, python spirit, economic focal point of city, now attaching herself to these people. And Paul gets agitated in spirit, says, in the name of Jesus, come out. Next part. Owners who are making lots and lots of money out of aforementioned girl with demon are now really out of pocket because their way of making money is gone. Let's complain to the city authorities. Let's make up some fake news and say that they were teaching us, uh, what do they say? They were th- teaching us laws and customs which are unlawful for us. They get thrown in jail. In other words, there was a moment of breakthrough and then the territory struck back and said, let's punish these people for that. How did they get breakthrough? I'll come to that in a second. Hold that question. If I don't come back to that in about 45 seconds, remind me of that question, how did they get breakthrough? Jensen Franklin has written a really cool book on the spirit of Python. Um, Jensen Franklin's an American pastor, um, and my iPad keeps turning off because of the whole magnetic factor. Here we go. He talks about... One, two, three, four, five key symptoms or or five key operations of the spirit of python deb's already mentioned these they choke your breath now the reason they go after the breath is because the breath is the life The, the the breath when when we were created god breathed into us and so the enemy wants to go after your breath it silences your voice one of the reasons earlier when, during worship we're saying let your voice out because we know we're actually moving in the opposite spirit to what this thing wants to do. So if you have ever in this, <laughs> yeah, and we live in this region, it's like the, the territorial stuff can be like a greenhouse. We live in it, but we, we're not aware of it because it doesn't always, you know, a greenhouse doesn't poke at the plants. It just provides an atmosphere. We just get used to the atmosphere and it becomes really, really familiar and shortly we're going to pray to just break that familiarity so we can see but it'll silence your voice, it'll stop your praise, it'll limit, it's a constrictor, it'll want to limit your life. And the other thing he talks about is what he calls fatal distractions. So the, the spirit of Python is a destiny stealer. And one of the ways it will steal your destiny is by distracting you onto a path that is not your destiny. It might seem good, but it's not God. So that, that's one of the ways that when we're in this territory going after the kingdom, this is where the enemy is going to be wanting to work. And the thing I would add to that is there's an economic thing attached to it. There's attack over finance, over money in your life, over breakthrough in finance. Because we see the breakthrough of this kingdom woman, Lydia, getting saved, who is very, very wealthy. We see the economics attached to that woman, to, to the slave girl, getting money and then there. Economy is completely ruined. The backlash comes. So this is an economic spirit, not just a, you know, a destiny stealer and the like. So how did Paul break and Silas break the power of this spirit? What did they do? What what, what broke the chains? It was praise. It was praise, in particular praise. There's something powerful, and we did a lot more of it today, very specifically for a reason. Worship is amazing. Love that. Praise is something very specific. It's a declaration of who God is, and it often involves some loudness. It it involves some boldness, and that is the thing that brought the breakthrough in that region was the power of our praise, and this is why that spirit will try and stop your praise, because it knows if it can stop your praise, it takes away your key to breakthrough. I have much more to say about this, but you can't. Oh, let me say one more thing as you're coming up. (laughs) Seconds. Yeah, yeah. No, I answered that. How did they get breakthrough praise? So our job as the church, and if you haven't heard the last two Sundays that Frosty spoke, I beg of you, I'm almost almost willing to pay you for your time to listen to it because he did such a brilliant job. And it is so important for where, where we are going. So please, if you haven't heard the podcast, it's there. Listen to it sometime very, very soon. The ecclesia, the job of the ecclesia is we are called out into the public square to legislate for the benefit of our city. Now, as the ecclesia, we legislate in two realms. We legislate on the earth through acts of justice. And that's largely what we asked Frosty to unpack over the last two weeks. And justice simply means setting things right. We're finding things in our society, in our community that are out of order, that are not right. Poverty is not right. And it's our job to set that in order. And bringing God's justice means solving that problem in society. That's part of our call. But then we legislate in the heavens through this thing called binding and loosing. Because Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So that's the earthly thing. Whatever you bind on heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, there are two realms we are called to legislate. We're called to legislate on the earth through acts of justice, and we're called to take authority in the realm of the Spirit, in the heavenly realms, over our area, such that the power of God can be released and we can get a harvest. So I'm going to tell some more stories and give a video and a couple of examples of that next week. There's one more thing. Stand up. Come on. <laughs> but it's gone away. That's why I'm trying to say come up because that buys me a few seconds. Legislate on the earth, legislate in the heavens. Bind on earth, we'll be bound in heaven. Yeah, no tag, it's gone. It'll come back later when we do ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, Megan Edward.
0: Yeah. I just want to say one more thing as well. <laughs> Sorry. is I was saying that we don't have the authority to break this in the region but we do have authority to break it over our individual selves, over ourselves and over us in agreement together over our church. Okay, that's what we have authority for.
2: So I have a bit of a personal testimony about the whole Python spirit. I've been going after it for a while. I think I've shared that before in church. I've had dreams about it, thought I'd done all that until we got to the conference last week. And Jennifer Evaz was sharing about the symptoms, like Deb did today, about what the Python spirit can do to you personally, as in it's a regional spirit, but if you align yourself with it and you give it personal authority in your world, it can actually affect you with those symptoms. And as she was listing it off, I just felt like God say, it's time, it's time. And I was like, actually, maybe I'm a bit affected by that. (laughs) That kind of, you know, just rang a little bit too true for a few things that I've been struggling with personally. So I kind of grimaced at Deb. I'm like, I'm totally going down the front. And I went down the front and Jennifer prayed for me. Not a lot happened. And I didn't feel like it was done. Not saying that she didn't have the authority whatever, but she had 50,000 people to pray for. Maybe like 20 people. (laughs) And... And then one of the um, senior people at Tribe came over to me and I was just pressing in for God, going, okay, God, I need this done. If there's anything there, like anything, I want it gone. I want it done. I don't want whatever's happening anymore. And so she came and said, are you down for prayer, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yep, I've had dreams. I've had stuff. I feel like there's stuff there. Like hit me. So she started to praying, started to pray. She started praying and everything that she went after with this python spirit it just hit like oh my goodness just struggling in prayer life just simple things like i've lost a bit of my passion for prayer i'm still doing it i'm still keen i'm hungry but the passion just isn't the same the hunger for it isn't quite the same and everything that she spoke i just ended up on the floor in just a ball of tears and snot because there was, it was almost like this grief was pouring out of me of what I have been missing almost for over a year. I think it's been at least a year for me, just to be really real as one of your leaders. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, it was so familiar for me. I didn't realise it. And that slow thing that just creeps in and you don't even realise it, the first thing that happened for me was I just agreed with one thing. I just ag- made an agreement... I believed one lie of the enemy that started talking about restricting either my dreams, my destiny, probably because of, you know, single parent stuff that you let go of naturally. You can excuse a lot of it away. So easy to do. And I excused a lot of it. Oh, I'm just having a hard time. It's just my staff coming up. And, but I just made little agreement after little agreement and that just let it in the door into my world. And before I knew it, I was so constricted that I didn't even realise how bad it got. And since I got that prayer at the conference, every day I'm like, I was in so much bondage. Like, I can't even begin to tell you how bondaged I was. (laughs) Is that like a word? Bondaged? I didn't realise how far it had got into my world until I was free of it. Because of the familiarity and because of the slow squeeze. And all I did was make a couple of agreements with a couple of very small little lies. And before I knew it, I'd welcomed it in with open arms and said, yep, I'll own that. And that was a regional spirit. It's a regional thing. So was I fully demonised and possessed? No. But was I captive, captive by this thing in the region that I had made personal agreement with? Yes. So did I growl and snarl and... No. Nah, none of that. I was more in grief about, oh, my gosh. So after that experience, um, can I just share a quick picture? It's a bit – I was asking God about, okay, what does that look like now? How do I walk out my freedom? We all talk about getting healed and walking out of freedom. What does that look like? And what I saw was me standing back here at church in a new armour, and I bought this shirt just because – I need to stop laying down my sword because that's one of the things I agreed with was many, many years ago God gave me this pink diamond sword and it was massive and it was so fun to get to know how to use it and I've used it a lot in the spirit and somewhere along the way I can't even tell you when that's how bad it is I laid that thing down don't know when but I laid it down and I lost my prophetic voice just being real I lost my intercession voice and I've been quiet for too long So, get ready. (laughs) I'll come back. And a lot of you, I feel, are in the same seat. Get ready. You're going to make a comeback. Particularly a few of you in the room that I feel particular about. Anyways, standing in the front of church, had this picture, just like here, just like now. And I had my pink diamond sword back, which was awesome. And I just felt like I needed to put a stake in the ground, with this diamond sword and say enough is enough and end this thing over our community, not over our region because we're not going there, remember? We need the whole churches, but just in our community where we have authority. And I put that in the ground like a stake in the ground and said enough is enough and I stabbed it into the floor with floorboards and everything. Now, this thing went through the floorboards, created big mess, floorboards everywhere. And what was under the floorboards was, of course, the python snake. And I was like, that's interesting. And the head came out. So where I'd stabbed it was just behind the head, right? It's a shame I didn't get it right in the head, but I didn't know it was there. So I think that's a prophetic thing. It's, we didn't know it was there. Stabbed it, head came out, hissed at me. I punched it. It went down. <laughs> Don't mess
1: with me, people. Do do visions, mess, right? with <laughs> it's what you do in visions, right?
2: It's what you do in visions. And It's try it out. So good. And anyway, punched the thing in the head. And then what I saw next was profound, and I love it so much, I'm almost in tears thinking about it, was every single one of you in the room grabbed your swords and you ran to the front and you all attacked this thing's head all together. It was like a stack, saw so and attacked this thing. Every single one of you did it. And I just went, hey, I have at it. I just, I just left my pink sword just holding that thing there and you guys went, went at it at its head. And I feel like that's the key. We can chop this thing up into pieces all the way along, whatever, whatever. But what we really need to do is take the head. Because that's, yeah, that's where its authority is and that's where it has all its power. Without the head, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. doesn't matter how long it is, how big is. It doesn't matter. Sorry? Yes, that's right. No head, dead. Uh, I know, right? made it up myself um that's about all i have to say i think
1: stay up because we're gonna land this so the bit that i forgot that's come back and this just kind of wraps it all together why are we going after this a we don't want you us in any way captive to the spirit of the air in the region because being captive to something of the enemy just sucks Anyone want to say amen to that? Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not cool. It's not our inheritance. It's not what we're meant for. It's not what we're created for. And we want our community to be an open heaven, not under the spirit of the power of the air. Now, just to confirm that it is our job to legislate in the heavens as well as to legislate on the earth. And when we when we actually deal with it in heaven first, the manifestation that comes out on earth is way more powerful than any evangelism program could ever do. But when you clear the airwaves and you start doing that stuff, the power absolutely multiplies. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. This is Paul talking, and he said that this is that his intent was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. To where? It didn't say to the people in the city, to the unsaved. It says to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal p- purpose that he accomplished in Christ. In other words, this is the legislating in the heavens bit, that we make known the manifold... I could go into that forever, but I haven't got time. The manifold wisdom of God is this creative revelation of who God is to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places such that they get displaced... And then Jesus becomes the ruling principality of the area and it's easy for people to get saved. It's easy for people to get healed. It's easy for people to get delivered in an environment where Jesus is the predominant principality. Is that a good idea? So what we want to do is make sure that there is no hooks in us that allow that thing to operate in us. We want to clear the airwaves over us and then watch watch what God can do. So what we want to do is we want to break agreement in any way that any of us have with this spirit. And we may not, the, the nature of this spirit is it, we may not know that it's there because it happens slowly, it happens very, very gradually. It's a bit like the, the old frog in the kettle analogy, that the water slowly, slowly heats up until the frog gets boiled and it doesn't even know, otherwise it would jump out of the... Um, Although, you know, if you're a frog and you're in a boiling pot, you'd kind of think you've got a bit of an issue, but that's another story. What I want to do is let's name the symptoms. Let's name some of the symptoms. And if any of you are experiencing any of these, what we want to do firstly is we're going to pray generally to break the familiarity off of all of us because when you're in an atmosphere, have you ever walked into a room where everyone else has been in, there's no air conditioning, there's no airflow, it's absolutely stale and horrible in there, And you walk in and go, oh my gosh, it's horrible in here. Open a window. But everyone else in the room doesn't notice because they've just been in there slowly. That's that's kind of what this thing does. And so we want to break the familiarity. It's like we want to allow someone to walk in the room and go, whoa, dude. (laughs) And then we want to go after. So if you experience any choking of your breath... Um, Conditions like asthma. um, Any just constriction of your breathing. If you feel like you don't have a voice, if you feel like your voice or your praise is being silenced and you're finding it hard to break through in praise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's stand. We're going to break the familiarity first. Then we're going to go through all of these and go, if any of these is you, if any of these symptoms ring true, then we're going to, in general terms, we're going to break our agreement with this spirit And then in the ongoing days, weeks, it's quite likely that the Holy Spirit will show us areas or lies, just like he did for Megan, where she realized, oh, it was just two little things that brought me into agreement with this thing. It might be the same for many of us, that over the coming days and weeks, we'll realize, oh my goodness, I've made an agreement with smallness. If you feel like, yeah, I'm going for the symptoms again. Okay, let me pray and break the familiarity. (sighs) Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, as the Father and the authority of this house, in the name of Jesus, I stand in that authority that you gave me, and I break the familiarity of the spirit of the air in this region over our church. And I include people that are not in the room but are part of us. I include all of us. In the name of Jesus, that familiarity, that that inability to recognize the influence of the spirit of the air and particularly that python spirit, we break the familiarity of it right now and we say to spiritual eyes, be open now in the name of Jesus to be able to separate what's the atmosphere and what's you. God, we, just as a a blanket authority prayer, we renounce any agreement whatsoever with this constricting spirit that would try and steal our breath, that would try and steal our praise, that would try and silence our voice, that would try and distract us and steal our destiny, that it would rob us of our resources. We break any agreement with that now in Jesus' name. We break the familiarity of it over all of us so that we can see clearly the difference between dark and light that we can discern that absolutely crystal clear in Jesus name okay so if any of you experience any 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 trouble breathing any shortness of breath that like obviously if you've just been for a jog and you're feeling short of breath that's probably quite normal but if it's out of character you experience asthma any of those sorts of conditions, how do you want to do this, Mix? Do you, do you feel coming down the front?
2: Yeah, I feel yeah. like um, we've kind of said the symptoms, and if any of those ring a bell for you or just are like, or oh, maybe I fit into that a bit, I just invite you to be really bold and come down for prayer, and we're just going to renounce the thing and just let's over pray rather than under pray is yeah. my <laughs> I went down thinking yeah I think a few of those might be me let's just check and see and it ended up being way more than I thought because of the familiarity and right. because of the slowness that creeps in so I just want to encourage you if you feel like yep. any of those symptoms you've lost some fire you've lost some burn you've lost some passion you've just seem really dull and a bit numb even there's like a numbness that comes me and deb felt that today there was like a numbness that was happening
1: it's almost like an anesthetic in the spirit that just leaves you feeling flat
2: yeah yeah if you're like stuff's just hard why is it hard all the time come down now don't even wait i'm just gonna keep talking
1: (laughs) if you feel like your worship and your praise is is constricted yeah if you feel like it's hard to break through in worship If you feel like your life is limited, constricted, it's like, I can't seem to break through. If you're experiencing just ongoing financial battle. If you're struggling to make steps forward in your destiny and in your calling.
0: Okay, so something that you need to be aware of is the mere fact that so many of us have responded to this shows that this is a regional thing. So this is really, really important.
1: So what we're going to pray is we're just going to pray a breaking of its influence and its authority over us, but we're also going to ask God for revelation of any areas of agreement. That we may have, and as he, if he brings some of those things to mind, and he may just give you a simple picture of something that you said. It might have been weeks or months ago, where you said, "Oh, that'll never happen." <laughs> something as simple as that, and you realize, "Oh, hang on, I've agreed with something." And I just encourage you to say, "In Jesus' name, I break agreement with whatever that was that you said." Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just recognize. That, And we we repent, and all that means is we have a change of mind. We see it from a different perspective, that we've been under the influence of stuff in the air that actually isn't our inheritance, that isn't our portion. And to say, let's say out loud with your own voice, in the name of Jesus, I break any agreement. I
2: break any agreement. I break
1: every agreement. I
2: break every agreement.
1: With the spirit of the air in this region.
2: The spirit of the air in this
1: region. I command it off my voice.
2: I command it off my voice. I command it off
1: my praise. I command it off my, I it off my, breath.
2: I it off my breath.
1: I command it off my economy. I command it off my destiny. I command it off my mind and my thinking. Just wear my th- just say that and then I'll pray. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, God, in particular where that Spirit has constricted our mind and kept us thinking small. In the name of Jesus, we take the sword of the Spirit to that thing and say, no more. And we say, receive the mind of Christ. Receive the mind of Christ. No more constriction. No more constriction. If you've ever said to yourself words to the effect of, oh, well, I'm just, and then declared something small, something insignificant... It could be, oh, well, I'm just a kid. Or it could be, well, I'm just a female. And I hope not, because that's not our value set at all. Anything that has given you excuse to stay small and you've said, I'm just A, can I encourage you, break agreement with that now. Because that's not your inheritance. That's not your identity. So we just break off those word curses now in Jesus' name. Go where we've been, in a sense, raised in them, whether in our, our family of origin or our, our churches of origin, where we've been raised or discipled in smallness, we break agreement with that now in Jesus' name. And we just open our heart and mind to the possibility that we are created for something so much bigger than what we're currently seeing and experiencing. Just as you're standing there, just stir your own spirit. Don't, don't wait for something or someone to come along. Just start stirring your own spirit. Whether it's praying in the spirit or just start lift up a song of praise, lift up words of praise. Start declaring who God is. Just be active in this moment.
2: Okay, it's time to take out your sword. It's time to take out your sword and to cut this thing off at the head. So take out your sword in the spirit. Hold it up. We're gonna do this as a prophetic act and it's not gonna feel all nice and churchy. It's gonna be prophetic, it's gonna be uncomfortable, it's gonna offend your brain, let it do it. Let it offend your brain right now. So take up your sword, hold it out. And right now we take our swords and we cut off the python spirit right now in Jesus' name from our lives, where it has affected us personally, where it's affected our community. We cut you off right now in Jesus' name. We cut you off at the head. We cut off your life source. Hey, you need to let it out. You need to yell. Release your voice. Release your voice. Release your voice. Oh, we cut this thing off at the head. We cut off your power. Right now in Jesus' name. Yes, God. Whoa. No hey. more small. No more small. Hey, Yes, God. More, 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 more. Hey. Oh, you use your authority to agree with the spirit of the air. So you use your authority to break it off yourself. Because you can do this. He's rising you up in your authority. He's giving you authority to stand. And what you agree with... So it is in heaven. So we're agreeing that this thing is going and it's gone. Yeah? So check with your own spirit. We're gonna come around and pray for you now, but check with your own spirit. Go, God, is there anything left in me where I've agreed with this Python thing? And if there is, take up your sword and keep going.
1: just release your Holy Spirit right now, Father. We release your Holy Spirit over every person where the enemy's vacating from agreements. We replace that with your Holy Spirit. Just keep engaging Him.